welcome to another episode of PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Soboleski, and today we're going to be talking about status epilepticus, specifically in patients older than one month of age. The considerations in neonates are certainly different. Uh, status epilepticus can be caused by any number of things, and I'm not going to be talking about etiology or pathophysiology. We're really going to be talking specifically about the management of seizures that just don't want to stop. So status epilepticus is defined as persistent seizure activity or intermittent activity without return to a baseline between episodes that last for greater than five minutes. The first things you're going to want to do are the basics. Establish their ABCs, maintaining the airway, provide supplemental oxygen, support ventilation is needed, and often this includes um, adjunct devices such as nasal trumpets or oral airways and bag mass ventilation. You're going to want to monitor the patient closely, and if you've got it, end tidal carbon dioxide, a fantastic way to look at their respiratory status. Uh, immediately, as soon as possible, start to obtain intravenous or intraosseous access, get a fasting blood sugar, and in many cases, it's very valuable to have a blood gas or an ISTAT, depending on what your institution terms it, uh, specifically for, as aforementioned, the glucose and the sodium as well. Um, you want to correct hypoglycemia and hyponatremia and or hypocalcemia, as indicated. Um, those things will cause seizures that will not stop unless you fix them. But provided that that's not the cause, the first-line therapy for status epilepticus are benzodiazepines. I've discussed this before in PEMBLOG, my educational website, but if you have IV or IO access, you should give lorazepam, 0.1 milligram per kilogram, IV push over two minutes. The max dose in children is four milligrams. If you don't have IV access, you can give midazolam, uh, aka Versed, intramuscular, and so for patients that are greater than 40 kilos, give them 10 milligrams. For patients that are 13 to 40 kilograms, give them 5 milligrams, and dose 0.2 milligram per kilogram for patients that are less than 12 kilos. If the seizure stops, fantastic. Watch the patient closely, ensure adequate oxygenation and ventilation, manage their airway, and discuss further management you know, in the emergency department or with neurology if the patient's followed by them. If the patient is still seizing after five minutes and you have IV access, give a second benzo. If it's IV or IO, we'll then repeat lorazepam at the same dose as initial. If you don't have IV or IO access, well, start working on that. And again, give midazolam or Versed intramuscular. At this point, start to worry that it's going to be more difficult to stop the seizure. Now, if the patient has already received a dose of benzodiazepine at home, you know, rectally or intranasally or buccally or via EMS, then only give one dose of a benzodiazepine in the emergency department before proceeding to a second line therapy. So again, for patients that are still seizing five minutes after the second benzodiazepine, you're going to go to your next line or second line of therapy. Based on the results of the recent ESET trial, there are three agents that all have about a 50% efficacy in stopping refractory seizures. Phosphenitoin, Keppra, and Depakote. Based on the ESET trial, there was no difference in life-threatening hypotension, cardiac arrhythmias, acute seizure recurrence, respiratory depression, or mortality for any of these three agents. 
The ESET trial did show that more children who got phosphenetone ended up intubated, but this was not replicated in other studies, and therefore the study authors felt that this was an isolated effect and not likely clinically relevant broadly. All right, so here's how you would go about choosing one of the three agents, along with some dosing and administration considerations. First, you could do phosphenetoin. 20 milligrams of phosphenetone equivalents per kilogram IV, the max is 1,500 milligrams, via IV infusion over 10 minutes. You could choose levetiracetam or Keppra, 60 milligram per kilogram IV, the max is 4,500 milligrams, and that's infused over 5 minutes, or valproate or Depakon, 40 milligrams per kilogram IV, max 3,000 milligrams via infusion over 10 minutes. So again, if you've given two dose of benzos, five minutes after the second benzo, the patient is still seizing, you can choose either phosphenitoin, Keppra, or Depakote. And in general, there is equipoise right now in the literature, and we really don't know which one is better. Some caveats. If the patient has Dravet syndrome or another sodium channelopathy, don't give them phosphenitoin. It's not going to work. Because valproate is associated with birth defects, we recommend a negative pregnancy test before giving it in adolescent females. And unless the patient has an allergy or the parent, caregiver, or provider says Keppra doesn't work for them, there are no contraindications to that agent. If the patient is on one of these drugs to begin with, more specifically Keppra or Depakote because these are likely to be prescribed in the community, well, then use that agent as the second-line therapy. At this point, if the patient is still seizing 10 minutes after the infusion is complete, then you're going to need to go to third-line therapy. And if you haven't already thought about it, this is when you're going to run into issues of respiratory decompensation and potentially hypotension. So you want to support the ABCs continually. Third-line therapy generally starts with bolus doses and then continuous infusions. One option is pentobarbital. Uh, consider a 5 milligram per kilogram bolus, then a drip at 1 milligram per kilogram per hour IV infusion. And this is a really big deal. These patients are going to need intensive care unit level care and endotracheal intubation because pentobarbital and other drip agents often are very sedating and patients are going to need advanced airway and respiratory support. If you haven't already done so, strongly consider getting continual EEG monitoring set up. Obviously, this will have to be arranged by a neurologist and so call them sooner rather than later because an EEG doesn't just magically appear at the bedside, and most often it needs to be done in the ICU. So, in summary, for the management of status epilepticus, first-line therapy is IV, IO, intramuscular benzodiazepine. Other routes are viable as well, but in the emergency department, those three make the most sense and work very well. If they're still seizing in five minutes, give a second benzo. If they're still seizing five minutes after that, give one of the following three agents, phosphenitoin, Keppra, or Depakote. These infusions take time, and if the patient is still seizing after the infusion is complete, following 10 minutes of observation, then you go to a drip, most likely an agent like pentobarbital, at which point you'll need to control the airway and certainly have the patient admitted to the intensive care unit. All right, well that's all for this episode on status epilepticus. Remember, your first line management is benzodiazepines. Give two doses via any of the applicable routes. Then your second line therapy, there's equipoise between phosphenitoin, Keppra, and Depakote. 
After that, you're looking at continuous infusions, and that patient's definitely gonna need to go to the intensive care unit. If you wanna check out other great pediatric emergency medicine educational content, check out pemblog.com. Follow me on Twitter at PEMTweets and check out the Facebook page. Leave a review on your favorite podcast site or drop a comment on the blog. I'd really appreciate the feedback. This has been Brad Soboleski for PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. See you next time.